Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. And welcome back. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. And this episode is following on from one I just did recently about financial shame. And um, one of my greatest desires is to help midlife women regain their financial dignity. So if you haven't listened to this, then um, I would ask you to make sure you um, listen to that as well as this, because this is a bit of a follow on. In that one, I really look at the impact of money beliefs and what they do to our identity, and particularly if you want to be a different person um, in your midlife years, like you actually want to have more, do more, be more, often one of the big pieces is our financial health that could be getting in our way. And um, basically our um, financial health is directly linked to our belief systems around finances. So if you feel that your financial health is lagging a bit, it's very likely that you have some pretty tricky current beliefs, which I hope you know by now can all be changed, amended, upgraded um, with the right support. Okay, so in this episode, um, I'm going to talk about three key things. And it's on the topic of how can I afford my best midlife chapters and beyond. And just very much, I've been very deliberate with that language. So the three things I'm going to cover is number one, the difference between a question versus a statement. And it's I'm just going to be really um, explaining, but most importantly, reinforcing how powerful our words are. And if you learn how to change your words and actually change the questions that you're asking in your life, you will basically get a different life. And if they're better questions, better quality questions, better word, better quality words and statements, it'll be a better quality life. So that's number one. Second thing is I'm going to really make sure that you know why if you are looking to work out how to afford your best, best midlife and beyond, then please make sure you know your numbers. It staggers me how many people say statements like I can't afford what I want but they actually can't tell me what it would cost them or what the investment would be to have what they want. Anyway, more on that. And number three, I'm actually going to share the number one habit that um, I've had to develop myself. I've helped clients develop. And this is the number one habit to be able to actually get your actions going on your affordability for your best years moving forward. So Um, Before I go into it, one thing I'm really going to say, though, is that this is not financial advice. You know, I'm a fully qualified life coach. I am not a financial advisor. So anything that I share with regards to money on my show or even with my clients, I am very clear that this is not to be seen as advice. It is simply anecdotal evidence 
and suggestions for plans to put in place around your financial health. This is not advice. It doesn't get substituted for advice. And um, I would really hope that anyone listening to this um, would take their own um, responsibility for finding advice as well as more importantly, I believe, financial education. And if you want to know more about any of that, you make sure you can jump on a discovery call with me because um, financial education and empowerment is a big piece for me and my clients. Okay. So the topic of how can I afford? So number one, I've been really deliberate that the language on the statement, the question, the whole episode here is a question and not a statement. If I had a dollar for every time, I would have a stuck grinding midlifer in front of me. And one of the key reasons is because they would say a statement like, but I can't afford what I want. Straight away, by making that statement, you are actually giving an instruction to your mind. And the instruction to your mind is a closed statement. So you will not be looking for choices and examples and, and possibilities. You have immediately shut it down. I have, I have, I cannot afford what I want. I cannot afford what I want. And it is, you know, it may seem quite simplistic, but it is that simple of switching our statements that are keeping us stuck. So for example, a statement like, I can't afford what I want will actually keep you stuck because you've shut down all possibilities. You've made a blanket statement that that's what it is. And if then any part of you is wanting to find answers to that, you will hit a brick wall time and time again with your mind because it will only be looking for evidence that supports that statement, those words that come out of your mouth. And if you want to try this as a like a really little simple um, exercise in this, just even when you go to shop for something or you may be online looking for something and you may find something you really like and straight away you notice that your mind is going, well, you can't afford it, don't do it, don't do it, you can't afford it. I would ask you to just change from the statement to a question. How can I afford this? Now, it may in fact be absolutely correct that right now in this current space, it is not a priority for you to be buying that item. But purely by shutting it down, you don't give yourself any other choice. And that's what I'm all about for myself, for my clients, and for anyone in the midlife space. Um, we, we want to, you know, to get rid of the all or nothing. We want to really provide ourselves with infinite possibilities at all time. Because with that, we create choice and we have choice. We don't feel trapped. We don't feel stuck. We feel like we've got hope rather than a hopeless um, uh, mindset going on. So that's a simple example of how to do it. And let's bring it back up into the context of affording the life that you want in the midlife space and beyond. I hope you can now see that if you are constantly saying, I can't afford what I want, I can't afford what I want, you will shut down possibilities. But simply switching to the question, how can I afford this? Then you literally open your mind to answering the answers for that question. It will look, you know, there is a facility in our mind called the reticular activating system that is like this incredible radar and it will be looking for answers for this. So just switching from a blanket statement to a question 
how, how can I afford the midlife years and beyond that I want? You will, you, you will even notice that on an emotional piece, you will open up, like basically you will feel that you have opened up possibilities. Well, I hope you have. So that is the number one thing around the words and language. Watch what comes out of your mouth because that will give you clues to what you believe. And if you're saying things like, I can't afford what I want, that's what you currently believe. Now, remember, your beliefs are just a um, constant stream of thoughts to confirm that belief, like banking up, banking up, banking up. So if you want different in your life, like if you want different results and particularly different actions in your life, go back and address the beliefs. And the starting point around affordability for what you want in midlife and beyond is to start asking the question, how can I afford what I want? And I'm going to give you a direct example of my life coming up in a minute to just give you some more info on that. So that's number one. Now, number two, it rolls on. It it sort of all ties in exactly, you know, all together, okay? Now, this second one is around the whole piece about really knowing your numbers of what it is you want to afford. As I said in the opening, it staggers me um, when I catch up with clients and they will they there will be a significant stuckness, you know, they, for them to come on a discovery call for me with me um, and to share some of the most intimate piece of information about themselves. You can imagine, you know, they have to feel highly motivated and highly stuck. But when we come to a stuckness around financial health, when I quiz them about you know, if they say, I can't afford, I can't afford it. So we switch to how could you afford? One of my key questions is what do you think it would actually cost you? Or what is the money number around this dream that you want, this um, new life that you want? Um, even going for a um, a different uh, career path and may need re-education. Like what are the numbers around it? And interestingly, it is very rare that someone who is stuck in front of me can say out loud immediately, well, it's going to cost 100K for this and my dream lifestyle is going to cost me $15,000 a month and I'm going to need a house that's worth X and um, I need to have an emergency fund of Y. And that's half the stuckness too, right? It's almost like because we don't go and get the numbers associated with what we tell ourselves we can't afford, then we keep ourselves safe. And that's the interesting piece here. When we don't know enough here and we stay stuck ruminating in it, um, I can't afford it. And even if I could afford it, I don't even know what the numbers are. I know you can actually see the silliness in this, but it is a mechanism for humans um, based a bit on fear of failure. If I don't try, therefore I can't fail. And if I don't get the numbers together, I, I can basically stay quite um, in a element of denial here. So it's just a convenient excuse. Now that might sound quite harsh, but unfortunately that's what it is because I have not had a client yet in my own life. The minute we started putting numbers on things, everything shifted. But more importantly, with clients that I've worked with, once they start to gather the numbers around what it would cost them to have what they want, what the investment would be, what the financial education may be around it. Straight away, they see choice. 
And a lot of their stuckness shifts because they get into action-orientated state, right? And the other piece to this about knowing your numbers is that it may be absolutely true that for you to afford the creme de la creme, the Rolls Royce, the the top of the pops retirement and, um, well, I'm not going to say retirement because I'm talking about next chapters in midlife. We literally have years and years and decades within the midlife space before we get into our latter years. So I might be talking about a, a total reinvention. I might be talking about someone that wants to go and live overseas for 12 months and then they're 50 in their 60s. What is really cool is that when we get our numbers together, but we also get plan A number and numbers, plan B, plan C numbers, more choices evolve. So yes, it may be 100% true that you can't afford right now or possibly ever to have your dream one. But if that is plan A and you can come back a couple of notches to plan B, couple of notches to plan C, even D, E and F, I don't care. Whatever your numbers start to um, make more sense for what you can afford, guess what you're starting to answer? The question how can I afford my midlife, my dream midlife years and beyond? How can we afford our dream midlife years and beyond? Complete shift in mindset. You go from hopeless to hopeful. You go into the choice space in your mind. So now I'm going to share my um, example with my husband. And once again, just saying up front, this is not for you to copy as financial advice. This is simply to share with you what my husband and I have chosen to do in our midlife years and keep watching this space because everything is evolving daily (laughs) in our world. So we had always dreamt that we would live by the sea in our retirement years and beyond. We Right now we're 55, I'm 55, my husband's 56. And it was toward the end, um, it was about November of 2021 that my whole workspace with the mining sector shifted. So we completed the redundancy wind down process and I was no longer required on that contract. So I had some choices in my work world. And one of the things was to create my coaching business in what I would call the retail space. So that means not heavily reliant on a workplace contract and going out to the masses, so to speak, which is what I'm obviously doing at the moment. But the thing with that is that my job did not need me or my work world did not need me to be staying living in Toowoomba. Now, very lucky for us, my husband also works for a business that through the COVID years started to see there were some choices for employees, which meant that when he spoke to his employer, about did he have to be situated completely in Toowoomba, the answer was no. They were open to see where else he could live and what other things. My husband, Barry, was able to come back to the workplace and say what we were planning to do. So we went from, and I'm not kidding, we know what I know, particularly what it feels like to have that, oh, my God, I can't afford what I want, to shifting to how can we afford it. And so what really happened for us in the end months of 2021 is that we shifted our statement to, you know, we were very clear up until then that we would 
more than likely not be able to make the move down to the coast. We didn't even know how we were going to do it, to be fair, um, because we just saw ourselves winding, you know, you know, keeping our working space going based out of Toowoomba. And when we both sat down and were really starting to explore the answer to the question, how can we afford to live down the beach? The really important thing that came up for us is that we no longer had to live in Toowoomba to progress our, basically our wealth plan to be able to live at the beach. I mean, one of our choices up until then was to continue with the home that we had and then go and buy some other rental properties down by the beach. But to be fair, at the end of 19, of 2021, we were in the thick of the craziness in the real estate market in Australia. And coastal, particularly where we wanted to move to on the um, Northern Rivers area, real estate down here has doubled since 2019. So we weren't in a position, that's the truth, we weren't in a position really to take on further debt in that capacity. So asking the question, how can we do it? How can we do it? One thing that started to get really clear for us is that we could actually change where we lived from, you know, today up then in end of 21, make a move to be down beachside and start to develop our whole life down here well before what we would have classed, you know, in our early 60 years, you know, pre-retirement, getting into leaving work world. And everything shifted for us the minute we noticed that there was a choice there that we hadn't considered. And as I said, that was because my work world shifted and my husband's um, work gave him the ability to stay in the job, which obviously helps us for any of our financing, um, but be able to change location. So our ability to answer that question with more choices and a plan A, B and C absolutely developed from then. And our plan A was literally to be able to sell not just our home there, but to sell other rental properties that we had in Australia in New Zealand. We sound like major property moguls. This was a plan that we had had in action for a number of years. We realised that we could basically cash everything in and make the move. So that was plan A, would have been to cash it all in and come straight down here and just buy our new home. And for us to go out of that market up there and buy our new home down here in what I call the whole high rollers room, the most beautiful place in the world to live and um, spectacularly expensive, then that was plan A, right? And while it was possible for us and, you know, got all our budgets sorted with the banks and, yes, they gave us what we could afford to spend, absolutely possible for us to swap out and go back. And basically swap our homes up there and everything and come down and live here. But the big thing that shifted for us is that that was plan A, but that did not get us our dream home. So plan B was to come down here, rent for a period of time, get the lay of the land, um, use our capital in other ways and look at some other things and other income streams and basically go a little bit slower and watch the market. And then a plan C developed and the plan C developed is to actually rent for quite a few years so that we can employ the capital and um, basically increase our income streams, give me the space to develop the business as I wish it to be. And basically renting down here um, when you take into the um, effect of what stamp duty is, 
is actually a really cost-effective way to get to know the market down here, work out what we want to live in, what our real dream looks like, and um, cut ourselves a bit of slack on going back into you know high mortgage or going into high mortgage space. So I suppose what I hope you've gleaned from that little story is that the minute we were really asking the question, how can we afford it? Numerous possibilities, abundant, infinite possibilities started to emerge. And all that was required of us was to continue to listen to some of the answers. And so those who've listened to this podcast before will know that in March of 2022, last year, we actioned everything and it took us until July, August of last year to sell all our assets. We have now been renting down on the coast and living the life that we thought we wouldn't be able to live, you know, until our early 60s, like every morning living the life we want. Yes, we are renting, not ideal in my midlife belief state, but I, you know, it's something that I'm very consciously uh, aware that we have chosen. But we are able to now live what we are wanting and stage by stage action our plan. That would not have happened if we were still in the mindset of we can't afford to go and live in our dream beach site. Opening up our mind of how can we afford it has actually, that just shifted everything. And it, 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 you know, we are still a work in progress. We will be a work in progress for at least the next four to five years. And we know that. But the best part about it is that we are doing it with a mindset of possibility. We have not trapped ourselves into only one at max two choices. So what does that mean for you? It's, as I said, point one was to stop having a statement and move into a question. How can I afford to have the midlife chapters that I want? And then number two was get clear on your numbers. I can tell you, I won't tell you on air because I don't really want to share it that state, but I can tell you exactly the number of what my husband and I know we want in our cash flow streams every single month to live the life we want. We can tell you exactly what it will cost us to actually buy the dream that we currently have in the space we want. And those numbers are vital for us to reverse engineer from. So it's also vital Because when we get into this final piece of this episode, which is the number one habit you need, you have to know your numbers to be able to work out where you're at along your journey. So number three today is for me to share with you the number one habit that we've had to develop ourselves and I've definitely helped numerous clients to do. And it is the concept or the habit of accountability, particularly self-accountability. Because if you get to the point where you have changed your mindset, you're asking, how can I do it? How can I do it? And then the second thing is you've actually started to get all your numbers together, started to brew up a plan of plan A and B and C, which is awesome. And you may have, I mean, I've also got that statement of position um, document that I shared through my financial um, uh, shame episode, which is a really important document to be able to start on your journey for financial dignity in midlife. Once you've got that um, those, those numbers together, you can see what your gap is and you see what you work together. But if you don't have a habit of keeping yourself 
accountable or keeping you as a couple accountable, everything falls by the wayside. And accountability or self-accountability is just a habit. So the self-accountability that my husband and I have is that every single month we complete, still to this day, our statement of position, we will track where everything's at. Every single Monday, my husband and I are tracking at where we are at on our financial income coming in versus what we know our number needs to be. That's every single week. And we discuss every single week where we're at along. We've also engaged a uh, financial, I mean, we use a financial mentor in this space and we're in a really strong program that um, keeps us accountable uh, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. So this is the thing that I find humans really need support on. And it doesn't matter if you're midlife or not is that we can have all the best intentions on the planet, but if we have not set up mechanisms of support to keep ourselves accountable, that's where we fall down. And to be fair, that is what, you know, the Gutsy Ladies program has been so good for. I mean, we've just had some fabulous testimonials have come through from a number of the women that have been in for months now, been actually working with me for over a year or just coming up to a year now. And that's one of the biggest things that they love is that every single fortnight they are, you know, every two weeks, well, two weeks, twice in every month, they are online keeping themselves accountable to other women who are going through the same thing. And it it just gives them that habit because they know the call's coming up. So it's like, well, what have I done? What have I done? So this is interesting. If you are listening to this and you are part of a couple, one of two in a couple, Um, number one I will suggest is make sure you get on the same page as your client, as as your client, sorry, as your partner, because that can be an area of stuckness as well. And if you are struggling to get on the same page, make sure you book in for a discovery call because I can give you some lovely tips on how to be able to do that. But it's, it's, it's really important as a couple that both of you are singing from the same song sheet. And you can understand that. I know if you're a part of a couple and you are listening to this and you are not on the same page on this or you're struggling to get your partner to even consider what life could look like in midlife and beyond, then that can be a big area for stuckness. And make sure you book a discovery call because that's I can absolutely help with that. If you are listening to this and you actually find yourself um, you know, master of your own ship, you're on your own with this at the moment. And it may have been your whole life or it may just be at this part in your life. Then I would absolutely recommend the Gutsy Ladies um, Club to you. And that is because it is so hard to get yourself self-accountable if you haven't got those skills already. If you've got those skills, just make sure you hone them. In your action plan, work out how am I going to keep myself accountable? Who can I bring on in my space that I trust and even get them on the journey with you? Have they got the same issues that you've got? Make yourself create your own little plan and then keep yourself accountable with a weekly coffee, monthly coffee, annual, I don't know, whatever suits for you. But accountability to make sure you are taking the actions consistently is the key to any success moving forward. Because otherwise you will get out of stuck and find yourself in a new stuck. And that can be emotionally tricky to say the least. So just recapping on this whole concept of how can I afford my greatest midlife years and beyond. Just some key points is 
please realize that whatever age you are at now, there is so much ahead of you. And I'm talking, you know, there's so much can be done within three months. Your life can be completely different within three months. So do not be berating yourself for time as an issue. Okay. It doesn't even matter if you're listening to this in your seventies. I've seen so many spectacular changes happen with people in their early seventies, you know, and if you're on the planet until your nineties, can you see that still 20 years away? So that's a really big piece. Number two, if you are at all stuck because it's a financial piece, get your numbers sorted, know your numbers, make sure you are also asking yourself, how can I afford it? How can, who do I need to bring on my team to be able to afford this? And in fact, what is it that I want and what are the numbers? And then most importantly, make sure that you have a mechanism of accountability. Self-accountability, if that's something you've worked on and you've got that habit formed. If not, use someone like Gutsy Ladies Community in the club or maybe even a a mate that you know that you can use, but get someone to help you to create that accountability piece because that is the secret source for moving forward every single week. So I'm really looking forward to seeing any comments on this. It seems to be any of my episodes where I um, bring up around money and money beliefs, whatever, this is something you want to know more about. And jump on and send me a message if this is something that's really resonated with you. Jump on a discovery call and um, or even just message me about other topics around finances that you would love to know about. And keep listening. As I said, my husband and my's journey is a complete work in progress, um, but we have never regretted the decision we've made to move forward, particularly around how can we afford, because we are affording a lifestyle right now that we are just so excited that we gave ourselves permission to explore and make happen. Have a cracking day. Lots of love. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. Do you think you've actually got a fear or a confusion around the whole concept of retirement? You may actually have a bit of retirement denial. Well, I'd love you to download my free guide to how to remove retirement denial. Click on the link in the show notes in your podcast app. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who may just need a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.